0: hello my loves and welcome back to another episode of listen to less i can't believe it's already 2024 i feel like for the last couple of weeks of just well honestly all of december december felt like it went by really slow in a good way so i kept saying it was 2024 and it like wasn't but we are here now I'm excited to bring you season two of the podcast. I talked about this in my little break episode, but if you guys didn't listen to that, um, Basically, this year and moving forward, I'm going to break the episode up into seasons. So, instead of just having random topics every single week, there's going to be seasons that are designated to one overarching theme that every episode is going to be smaller niche topics within that theme. I was originally going to start off 2024 with a big gut health one, but honestly, the as I started thinking about all the topics that fall under the umbrella of gut health, that's probably going to be Maybe even two to three seasons of its own, or like one really long season. And I thought, you know, I was sitting with my friends. We were all kind of talking about our goals for 2024. I love a fresh start. I love a New Year's resolution. I really do think of my life in years. Like, I don't think of it in what, like, I've been, I don't think of my life as 27 years. I think of it as every year is a chapter. And that's how I think of my life. Like, I very much carpet compartmentalize each year as a different chapter. So I'm on chapter 27, right? But this, so I love a fresh start. I love a new year's resolution. We were all sitting there talking about our goals for this year and what we're going to do, how we're going to achieve them and yada yada. We like created the support group chat and all of that. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be very, season one, I'm going to make relevant to myself, because I am starting a little bit of a weight loss journey. And a lot of people, a lot of you are probably doing the same now that it's January. So season two, which is the start right now, is going to be on realistic weight loss, weight loss, sustainable weight loss, and all the different topics that are encompassed with weight loss so today i'm going to talk about setting realistic weight loss goals and what not to do when setting your new real like weight loss goals for the year so today's going to be a lot of like tips like habit stacking um i'm going to use a few metaphors to like or analogies what's the difference between a metaphor and analogy i don't know um that was my worst topic in school was like english and literature anyways Uh, I'm going to talk about like behavior versus outcome goals, what not to do, what you should do, things like that for setting your goals. It's going to be a little bit more broad because I don't know specifically what your goals are. But then in this season, you can expect eight to 10 episodes within this weight loss, um, sustainable weight loss season. So I'm going to talk like next episode is going to be about how to actually track your macros. And you better bring a notepad to that episode because I'm going to break down like the equations that you use. So you can write those down to figure out your own macros. Unless you just want to work with me and have me give you your own macros, then set up a consult call. We'll do that. But you can also listen to this episode and I'll tell you how to do it on your own. We're going to talk about intuitive eating versus macros in a different episode. I'm going to talk about how to exercise for weight loss and to tone up. Like What, what should you actually be doing? What should your workouts look like? I'm going to talk about all of that. I'm going to talk about Um, One episode is going to be solely related to common nutrition misconceptions or myths that a lot of people still believe or don't even realize is bad, kind of like cholesterol. Everyone's afraid to eat eggs because of cholesterol, but cholesterol is like not really, you shouldn't be fearing eggs if you have high cholesterol. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about like how much protein you actually need. Other misconceptions, that one I might bring a guest on. I could feel that being a fun like back and forth kind of like Blunt episode um, getting a little heated with like misconceptions and whatnot. I'm gonna talk about um, or I'm hoping to talk about emotional eating and kind of like disordered eating and trying to lose weight with having that as your pass or break out of that. That I will definitely have to find a guest. If I can find a guest to speak on that, we will have an episode on that. If I can't find a guest to speak on that, it may not be in this season. Um, I'm going to talk about insulin resistance and weight loss, and then I will have an episode on the role of hormones interfering with weight loss and the role of gut health interfering with weight loss. So you can expect topics like that in this season too, but today let's get into it. We're going to talk about setting realistic weight loss goals, how to do it, what not to do, sustainability, and all of that. All right, let's go. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our show sponsors clear stem skin care you've probably seen me posting a lot about this i have been using clear stem for years i actually have a highlight on my instagram page back from i think it was 2021 using all clear stem products so i have been using them for a couple of years before They became a sponsor of me and the show. And this is like when they reached out and they were like, we want to partner with you. I was so excited because I love their products and I've been using them for years. And it was like, oh my gosh, they like, this is a dream brand to be able to partner with because I know the products. I love the products. They work. And I'm here to tell you about them. So if you are somebody that is looking for a lower toxin skincare line, Clear Stem, falls into that category. They are low slash non-toxic for their skincare and they have a little bit of body care as well in their line. So you don't have to worry about the ingredients in it. And we that's one thing that I've always been like, I've really tried to not put hormone disrupting ingredients on my body anymore because the research is quite scary. I'm not going to get into all the research, but it's quite scary about what a lot of our beauty products have in them that and how they impact our hormones, our fertility, and even put us in certain cancer risks. So I was like, mm, I want some non-toxic skincare that is actually going to work, that I don't have to worry about. So I started using some a couple of years ago. The other really cool thing, and this is where non-toxic skincare gets tricky because a lot of other non-toxic skincare brands, they will use certain ingredients that aren't toxic, but they are pore cloggers. And I have very large pores. I have oily skin and I'm very acne prone. So it was really like, honestly, it was like pulling teeth to find a non-toxic skincare brand that didn't have this laundry list of ingredients that clogged your pores. And before I even started using ClearStem, they actually have a resource on their website where you can actually copy and paste ingredients from other products you use into their site. And it will tell you which ingredients in there are known to clog your pores which then causes more breakouts and more oily skin and larger pores and more visible pores so i had been using that research well before i even started using clear stem but that's something that you could definitely go check out your products on that part of their website and then on top of that their whole mission is anti-acne and anti-aging so it's clean ingredients they actually work but they also fight acne and wrinkles and help with collagen production. They use stem cells. um, They use different oils that are really helpful for nourishing your skin. Something I struggled with for a long time was using way too many active ingredients and not enough just helping my skin barrier to, you know, strengthen the skin barrier and just be healthier. Um, And I think I was causing a lot of my own breakouts because I was just breaking down my skin barrier and causing more irritation from trying to kill things off or dry things out so that it would get better. Once I started using their serums and I love their Hydroglose stem cell moisturizer. My skin just has a glowy sense to it. I've actually gotten several DMs lately about how glowy my skin has been looking and I'm like, oh my God, thank you. The best compliment ever. And it's just, it's my favorite skincare brand ever. And if you want to try it, you can use code Leslie and it gets you 15% off so I will link them in the show notes for you to check out their website and see if there's any products that you want to try. You can always message me to see which products I highly recommend. If you're going to try anything at all on their website, let it be the HydroGlow Stem Cell Moisturizer. It's my favorite product on their entire site, but I also love pretty much everything on there. So I hope that you love it and I hope that you try it out. I already kind of said I love a fresh start. So I have created several different goals for myself to start this year one is a very tangible goal and the other one is kind of just like I want to do more of this but my fitness and weight loss goals since that's the topic of this podcast I do I am going to embark on a little bit of a weight loss journey this year um if you guys have followed like 2023 was probably one of the most difficult years of my life in terms of my mental health and just overall health and where I was at. It was a very, very difficult year for me. Um, And with that, I gained a good amount of body fat, non intentionally, um, but I did just with a lot of emotional weight gain, a lot of stress. When you are very stressed, it's common to gain weight when you're very stressed, not just because if you're an emotional eater, um, but just the way that your body, when it's stressed out, it will hold on to body fat because your body doesn't know what you're stressed about. So when you're stressed, it could think that you're running from a lion. It could think that you're in starvation. It could think that you're in the Hunger Games. Like it doesn't, your body doesn't, your physiological body doesn't realize, oh, I'm stressed because I got in a fight with my husband. Like I don't need to store on body fat because of that. It could think that you're, stressed because you're starving. So it's going to, basically what I'm getting at is when you're stressed, your body will hold on to body fat. And it's a lot easier to gain body fat when you are more stressed. I was very stressed throughout 2023, a lot of anxiety. And then I also, um, I did drink more alcohol than I have in several years this last year. Um, just with a lot of like parties, get togethers, a lot of friends, birthdays, and stuff like that. And I'm not going to lie, I did use alcohol as a little bit of a coping mechanism um, with just in general having a lot of anxiety, not wanting to be out with people or in public. So I would have a drink or two. Like I'm not, I wasn't getting drunk all the time, but I would just have a drink or two um, to kind of loosen me up a little bit. And I really don't want to do that or use that as a crutch um, anymore. So. This year, I do have a goal. My friend group and I, we are planning to go on a large fun trip in the end of June. So me and a couple of my friends, we our goal is um, to lose X amount of weight um, by this trip that we're going on in the end of June. So that gives me about six months, um, and I would like to lose about 15 pounds. Um, I did gain from my wedding October 2022. Um, I've gained more than 15 pounds from my wedding, but I, if I can get down 15 pounds, I will be at a very healthy weight, a very comfortable weight, a Weight that I can easily sustain lifelong, and you know, unless you know things happen and I get stressed out again or something happens. But that is my goal over the next six months, which is very attainable um, to do to get 15 pounds off in six months. We're looking at like 24 to 28 weeks um, before we go, and so that is. What is that? What is what is math? Math is difficult. Is that like about half a pound? I don't have a calculator near me. It's like somewhere around half a pound. It's definitely less than one pound per week, which is very attainable. I think half a pound a week for your weight loss goal is very that is a good goal to achieve. If you start trying to put pressure on yourself to lose one pound or more per week, while yes, you may be able to do that, it's gonna take a lot more extreme measures to be able to do that. And it may lose its sustainability in what you're doing. And you may find yourself being burnt out a lot faster or even hitting a plateau much quicker. So that's the goal I'm giving myself. I'm not gonna be ripped or the leanest that I've ever been losing 15 pounds. but I will be really happy and feel really good with that. And who knows, I might lose less than that and feel really good and not need to lose 15 pounds. I think it's important when you do set goals for yourself, like the scale isn't the only thing that matters. Like I'm using the scale as a reference range, but overall it's gonna be how my clothes are fitting and how confident I feel in my clothes and looking at progress photos. This is why I love progress photos because, Like I said, I might lose 10 pounds and feel fabulous in my clothes. My confidence might be super high and I might see drastic changes in my photos. And it's like, okay, I don't need to lose the extra five pounds because at 10 pounds, I'm super happy with myself and that's okay. And I think some people get really wrapped up in the weight and in that like number that then they push themselves super hard and they're not happy until they reach that 15 pounds when they could have been really happy with themselves at 10 pounds. So it's one of those moving targets where that's my goal right now, but we'll see what happens. I may reach a point where I feel really good and I don't need to keep pushing myself. So that is my current fitness goal right now. So when it comes to reaching these goals, there's a few like types of goals that you can set. You can set X or outcome goals or you can set behavior goals. So what are the different, what's the difference between the two? An outcome goal is I want to lose 15 pounds by the end of June. That's the outcome, right? And a lot of people set outcome goals. A lot of people set outcome goals. That's like the main type of goal people set. And I think this is where people fail because, okay, that's cool. How are you going to get there? What are you going to do? Because you have to be consistent with your approach to reach that goal and your behaviors to reach that goal in order to reach the outcome. So you kind of have to give yourself an outcome and a behavior goal, in order to reach the outcome. And some people may just do behavior goals, but then they don't have an outcome goal. So then they're like, why am I even doing this? And then they fall off of that. And a behavior goal is the things that you're going to do daily or weekly or monthly in order to reach the outcome goal. Okay, so for example, what I'm going to be doing These are a few of my behavior goals that I set for myself to reach my outcome goal of 15 pounds by the end of June. Now, I looked at what I already do. I already lift four times a week and I already get about 10,000 steps a day. I'm already drinking close to a gallon of water. I don't need, like, if I make those my goals, I'm already doing those. So I need to be doing something different and a little bit extra above what I'm already doing, what I'm already maintaining at. So for me, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to tell you exactly what I'm doing with my diet because I don't want people to take that and run with it and just do what I'm doing, but I am doing a little bit of experimenting with my diet. I'm not fully going back to tracking macros. Um, I'm doing a little bit of like a calorie cycling technique, um, a little bit of carb cycling, but that's all I'm really going to say about that. So I am experimenting with my diet approach. Um, I am limiting the amount of times that I go out to eat between now and June. And I'll probably like I'm hoping I think over the last six months, ever since I got my colonoscopy in uh, July, and it came back clean, I feel like I went I like started eating out a lot, I started getting Chick Fil A like every single week, I would get like Chipotle once a week, drinking more alcohol like I, I ate more, I ate out more in the last six months of 2023 than I had in probably years or probably ever, we never went out to eat when I was in, when I lived with my parents, like that was a luxury. And then even in college, like that kind of, I never really did it. And then the last six months I did it all the time, like multiple times a week. So I'm trying to get back to where that is kind of a luxury and I'm not just doing that all of the time because I don't feel good when I do it. Um, in general, and obviously I've gained a little bit of weight because of it. So my goal is to limit going out to eat or getting takeout to twice per week. Um, I'm hoping that some weeks I don't go at all, but I'm not gonna completely just say no eating out f- until June, cause that's not gonna happen. That's not realistic, that's not sustainable. And I really would like to still be able to have date nights with Drew um, or go out to dinner with my friends. Like we're going out to eat on um, today. Uh, tonight, when this airs, it'll be tonight that we're going out to eat. So, I still want to be able to do something with my friends or my family or my husband, but set a limit to it. So, I'm putting a limit of two times per week, like two meals, not two days, two meals. Cause I feel like sometimes on a Saturday, I might make, I might get lunch and dinner in one day, like in takeout. So, my goal over the next six months is to limit going out to eat to twice a week or less. Okay. So that's one of my behavior goals. Then I'm also, one of my friends did decide to do 75 hard. I'm not gonna do all of 75 hard, um, but I am going to do the 75 days of no alcohol with her alongside of her. So for 75 days, I am going to do no alcohol, um, which I think is very attainable for this time of year. I did six months of no alcohol last year. Um, I didn't have any alcohol between January through June of 2023. Um, So 75 days is not going to be hard for me. That's a pretty easy attainable goal, but that will also help me um, not mask my feelings, but also, you know, not lower my inhibitions and eat food that I shouldn't eat. Um, And also, it will help my overall health and um, weight loss as well. And then, The last thing on top of that behavior wise that I will be doing to attain this outcome goal of 15 pounds is I'm going to add six minutes of cardio with my lifting sessions. Now you may be like six minutes of cardio. That's like nothing. So here's why I'm doing six minutes of cardio. One, I already, if you're well, just side tangent here, if you're trying to lose weight, you need to build a weightlifting or a resistance training routine and not just do cardio. Like I. I've had so many people that tell me that they're gonna do cardio until they lose X amount of weight and then they'll weight lift to tone up. You have it asked backwards. You should be doing weightlifting, build up a solid weightlifting routine to at least three days a week, if not more, and then start adding cardio if you're doing cardio for weight loss. Now, if you're doing cardio just for cardiovascular health, lung health, um, that's great. But in terms of weight loss, you should be doing resistance training should be your first move and then add the cardio second to once you have so, so, like built up your resistance workout routine and you're doing it continuously week in and week out okay So I've got the lifting down. The cardio is where I don't ever do cardio. I might go on a little spurt where I do it a few days and then I'm like, I'm over it. But what I always do with myself is I say, I'm going to do 20 minutes of cardio. I'm going to do 20 minutes of the Stairmaster. And then I do it once or twice and I'm like, oh my God, that was so long. I don't want to do that. So six minutes is super attainable. Like that's easy to do right if you if you talk yourself out of six minutes of cardio before or after your lift only four times a week you're let you you're letting way too many excuses fly my girl so that's my approach is i can do six minutes of cardio four times a week before or after i lift and if like if i'm talking myself out of that i need to have a more serious conversation about letting myself down because that's an easily attainable goal for me so The reason I'm doing that is because it's so easy. And I know I can start with that. And then once I commit to doing that six minutes, four times a week for let's say three or four weeks, I'll bump it up to seven minutes or eight minutes. And I'll continue to work that up. I probably wouldn't ever go up to over 20 minutes four times a week. That's already kind of a lot um, in terms of like for just weight loss of what I wanna do and what's sustainable for me to continue doing but i do also want to do more cardio for my cardiovascular and my respiratory health. I feel like i get winded really easily. Like i'm very strong, i'm very agile, my balance is great, but i don't have good cardiovascular health. So it's also i want to work on that in general and work up to be able to do some cardio when i do work out anyways so that i'm not just lifting and i am working on my cardio my heart health, you know? so that's my those are my behavior goals that i'm doing i'm setting stuff that i know i can attain it's gonna push me a little bit the experimenting with my diet is gonna push me a little bit the not going out to eat like i'm gonna have to sacrifice some things i'm gonna have to say no sometimes and that's okay and this is another side tangent i want to go on is i do think that sometimes or let me backtrack i think that the movement of dieting should be easy and it shouldn't be so hard and like you shouldn't have to change your whole life to diet i think it went a little too far over the last couple of years to ne- to where now if people have to sacrifice anything they're like, oh, this is, this is not sustainable. This is too strict. I can't do this. I can't do this forever, so I can't do this. And while yes, your diet, I do want it to be sustainable for you. Sometimes when you're trying to work on a weight loss goal, it's gonna have to, it's going to require sacrifices to reach that goal, right? You can't do what you're doing right now to lose weight if what you're doing right now is causing you to maintain your weight. Like, if you want change, something has to change, right? And any other goal that we talk about, financial goal, like, if you want to make more money, you have to say no to more to free time and work more or work smarter in order to make more money. Like, it causes, it causes you to sacrifice something and do something you don't necessarily want to do to get the outcome that you want, right? So less free time, more work to make more money. But for some reason, we have gone so far with the exercising should be easy that, or not exercising, but weight loss should be easy and it shouldn't be difficult at all to where people don't want to do anything. I had a woman in the past where I suggested a certain step count for her and it was, we had to kind of work work at to where she was and she was getting like... Two to three thousand steps per day. So very sedentary. And I set her goal for five thousand steps per day. And she did not like that. And she told me that that requires her to do more walking than she does in her day to day life. So she didn't want to do that. And that's a perfect example of what I'm seeing. A lot of people nowadays, they're like, well, that that's not sustainable. Like I don't want to track macros forever, or I don't want to do cardio four times a week forever. And it's like, I, I didn't say you have to, but sometimes when you want, when you want change, you have to make a change. If you want to lose weight, you're going to have to do something different than what you're doing right now in order to reach that goal. So while yes, There's a lot of diets out there, and we'll get to this later in the episode of like what not to do, that are not sustainable at all. They don't teach you anything and they can even harm your health because they're way too extreme. You do have to make some sacrifices in order to reach a goal or else you're just gonna be sitting in the same body that you are right now that you're unhappy with. And it's not going to change, right? So, we do need to make some changes in order to see some change on the scale with your mental health, with your body, with your high insulin, with your hormones. Whatever you want to change requires change in your lifestyle. And if you're not ready to make lifestyle changes, then you're not ready to change your body. And you might have to come to terms with that. And that's okay. I've been uncomfortable with the weight I've gained for like mm, five, six months. But in the f- last fall, I was not in a place where I was ready to do the work to change my body, to change my appearance, to lose the weight I gained mentally. And so I, w- I became okay with being on a heavier weight because I knew I wasn't prepared or in a position with all the stress and anxiety I was experiencing to work to do the things that required me to lose the weight. Now I'm feeling much better. I'm in a much better place. I love a fresh start. This motivates me. My friends are doing this, too. I have something a timeline to work towards. So it's much more motivating and I can I'm in a much better place now than I was four to six months ago. So now I'm in a place where, okay, I can do this. But before I was not ready. So are you actually ready to do the things it takes to reach your weight loss goal? And if not, that's okay that's okay. You don't have to look a certain way to be happy and to love yourself. But if you do want to attain this goal, you have to be honest with yourself. And if you're ready to actually do the work, because that's a conversation that you need to have first and foremost, before you even listen to the rest of this podcast. Alrighty, so let's talk a little bit about habit stacking. Okay. So habit stacking is another thing that um i like to do and i like to have clients do in order to create new behavioral habits right we just talked about like behavioral goals um and how to reach those actually sorry this podcast is kind of all over the place let's give some more examples of your behavioral goals and then we'll talk about habit stacking for some of those behaviors okay so some examples is like say you want to lose 10 pounds so how are you going to get there The analogy I like using is think of when you're building a fence along like your yard, your backyard, okay? So you're standing where you just put the first pole in where the fence is going to start. That's where you're at now. And then you know where the end of the fence is going to go, where the end goal is. That's your goal of 10 pounds, right? Okay. But... You have to put in all the other poles along the edges in order to reach that last pole, which is the ultimate goal of losing 10 pounds. So let's put in individual behaviors along the way, which is which are your different um, poles to build your fence, okay? So the, some of these behavior goals might be, you wanna lose 10 pounds, that's your outcome goal. How are you gonna get there? What are you gonna do with your nutrition? maybe that's tracking macros. Maybe that means tracking your overall protein and calories. Tracking macros means tracking your individual protein, carbohydrate, and fat grams. It requires you measuring your food or most likely using a scale to measure your food and weigh your food out to know how many grams of each macronutrient are in in that serving size of food that you're eating. Side note on macros, we'll talk more about this in next week's episode, but If you don't have a correct calculation of what your macros should be, just tracking your food but not having a specific goal that's specific to you and your goals and your metabolism, you're not going to get anywhere. I've had people that say tracking macros doesn't work for them. And I asked them, okay, how many, what were your macros? And they're like, well, I don't know. I was just tracking my food, but just tracking, it's, that's equivalent to just writing down what you ate in a diary and doing nothing about it. So you need to make sure that you have the correct macronutrients for you and your specific goal. So you can come back next to next week's episode, and we're going to talk more about that for ma- tracking macros to work effectively for you. But losing 10 pounds behavior goal, one could be tracking macros, or it could be just tracking overall calories and protein if you don't want to go as in-depth as tracking complete macros. Um, This could be Maybe exer- picking an exercise goal, like how many days per week are you going to exercise? Okay, that's going to be maybe for you, it's four days a week. So then you can commit to four days doing some sort of exercise, whether it doesn't matter what it is, but doing some form of exercise four days a week, because that is what is going the behavior that is going to change your body to get you to your outcome goal. Okay. Do you see what I'm talking about? Like, we can't just say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. You have to kind of backtrack. What are those middle fence poles that create, that get you to the actual entire fence that you're going to do? Maybe that's drinking a hundred ounces of water every day. Maybe that's working on your sleep. If your sleep is poor, you're probably not going to get good results anyway. So maybe that means going to bed by 9 PM. Okay. Now, when it comes to behavior goals, here's some things of what not to do. We don't want to set like 10 different behavior goals all at once at max effort. Okay, so I need you to, my example of everything I'm doing is, is probably a lot compared to what I would suggest for a new client, but that's because I already have a lot of the basics down. I already work out four times a week, so adding six minutes of cardio is really not that big of a deal when I'm already there four times a week. I am already getting 10,000 steps a day, right? I'm already drinking a gallon of water. I'm already in bed by like nine nine thirty and focusing on my sleep. So where are you at? What are you currently doing? And what are some small things that we can add first? Because we can build. It's much easier to start small and build on that. You're gonna have a lot less burnout and you're probably going to reach your goal if you start small. I know you're motivated because it's a new year and you want to do everything at max effort. Let's go gung ho, gung ho, but that's going to last maybe a day or two. By the end of the week, you're already going to quit. So let's start small. So, okay, let's see if maybe you're not going to the gym at all. That means let's start with one to two workouts per week. And as you build up consistency, you can make your, like you're, you're getting two workouts per week with ease for like four weeks in a row. Okay. Let's try for three. It's two to three workouts per week. But if you're only getting like your goal is to get one or two and you're struggling to get one workout in, don't make your goal to get three when you're barely getting one. Start with what's attainable and easy for you to do. And then build on that every couple of weeks, as you build consistency with the first, uh, behavioral, habit that you're going to achieve. Okay. I'm a big fan of ranges as well. Instead of saying like, I'm going to work out five times a week. I like a range of four to five because sometimes there's things that happen and then you're still getting, you can still reach your goal, but if like something comes up and you have to go out of town unexpectedly and you only got four workouts in, you still met your goal versus i have to get five it's this definitive number life pops up you can't reach it because something happened and then you're beating yourself up because you didn't get it i really like a range um, this goes for like water too. If your goal is to drink more water, let's say your goal is hundred ounces, but you only drink like 64 ounces a day. You're barely getting any water in as it is. Well, let's, instead of saying I'm going to drink hundred ounces starting tomorrow, that's, that's actually a lot more water than you're used to. And it's, you're going to forget about it. It's not going to be easy to do. You're probably going to fall off if you just jump at the max effort. So your outcome goal can be, I wanna drink 100 ounces of water in order to help me lose that weight, so we have to backtrack it. We, I'm gonna drink eight ounces more than what I currently drink, and once I do that successfully for two weeks in a row, then I'll add another eight ounces, which is just a, an extra cup, until I get to 100 ounces, and then I'll sit there and that's what I'm gonna maintain at, okay? Maybe you go out to eat every single day. And you know that you need to change up your diet in order to lose that 10 pounds. So how are we going to do that? Maybe you're like, I don't want to track macros, but I go out to eat every day. Okay, well, instead of saying I'm not going to go out to eat at all until I lose this 10 pounds, I would say cut back by two meals. Okay, so if I go out to eat every single day, I'm only going to go out to eat five days this week. and two days, I have to cook all my meals at home. Once you do that for a couple of weeks in a row, you build up consistency with that. Okay? Now I'm going to cut back to I'm only going to eat out 4 days instead of 5, and then you continue to work to your to whatever your overall goal is and you work up your behavioral goals. So what you should not do is start the new year with 10 goals, max effort, that are so drastically different than the life you're living now, because you're gonna you're gonna burn out and you're gonna fail. So start small because you can work up and figure out those behavior goals and break those behavior goals down to what is attainable for you. After like build a consistency calendar, put something on your like you print it out or buy a calendar or just write it like draw a calendar on a piece of paper and put it on your fridge, and then you you can mark every single day what goals you achieved and what ones you missed. And then you can see, okay, the last three weeks, I've reached this goal, so I can up this goal for the next three weeks and work on it like that, okay? So that is what I mean by behavior versus outcome goals and some of the things that you can do to help you reach your outcome goal. Now let's jump back to the habit stacking so what habit stacking is is taking an existing habit that you have for example in the morning you brush your teeth or at least i hope you do but you also know that your outcome goal is to lose 10 pounds and one of your habit goals or your behavior goals is to drink more water to help you lose weight so let's stack this new habit with something you're already doing so when you wake up you go brush your teeth, at the same time, you fill up a glass of water and you drink it right after you brushed your teeth. So that is something you're pairing a new habit with something that you already are doing. Instead of like just telling yourself, I need to drink more water, giving yourself the, okay, while I do this, I'm gonna do this. Another example is, okay, you wanna get more steps to help you lose weight. Well, when you go to lunch, because you don't pack a lunch, you go get lunch every single day, park further away. You're already getting in your car, you're already driving somewhere and having to park and walk inside to pick up your food and then come back. So why don't you park in the furthest parking spot so you have to walk further to get more steps throughout your day? Maybe that means not going through the drive-through and it means parking farther away and walking in to get your lunch. Um, Let's say that you wanna start stretching or you you, you do wanna start, uh, once again, start walking more and getting more steps. When you're watching TV at night after you've had dinner, Walk around while the TV is on, walk in circles while you scroll your phone at night, or sit down if you want to stretch more and have better mobility, better flexibility. While you're watching TV at night, stretch on the floor for 10 minutes, set a timer on your phone. You're already watching TV. Why not stretch instead of lay on the floor or lay on the couch? You only have to do it for 10 minutes and that's habit stacking. You're stacking a new healthy habit with something that you're already doing. Okay. Maybe you want to start practicing mindfulness or deep breathing. Well, when you're in the shower, cause you take a shower every single day, practice mindfulness. And instead of playing music or listening to a podcast, just maybe play yoga music and just practice being mindful, putting your hand on your chest and doing deep breathing exercises for a little bit of like meditation time while you're in the shower, you're already in a shower. So why don't you do this while you're in there? Um, Maybe that means you want to, at night, you want to be off your phone so that you can get better sleep. Well, instead of laying in bed with your phone, you're already getting in bed, but read a book and put your phone away. You're already getting in bed at night, so just swap your phone with a new book or a Bible or meditations or a journal to do some journaling. Last example that I'll give is you go grocery shopping every Sunday, So you're already going to the grocery store, so why don't you make a shopping list with healthy items? You're already going to the store and buying food, but previously you just weren't really eating that healthy. You were just kind of buying whatever. How about you actually make a grocery list so that you can follow through with what you're going to eat that week while you're going to the store? You're already going to the store, so let's just switch up what you're buying. So these are all different types of habit stacking examples. So this is stacking a new wellness habit with something that you're already doing to help you so that it's not just you need to do all this extra stuff and you don't have time to do it well you can do it while you're doing the things you already do every single day like brushing your teeth making lunch and taking a shower and then it becomes a less a lot less daunting of a task and things to do so one other thing that i wanted to discuss is on the topic of like what not to do um, when you're starting when you're setting your goals for the year and you're setting your weight loss goals and what you're going to do we kind of talked about how you do have to give some sacrifice if you want to make a change and you want to see some sort of change in your life or with your body but there's a lot of diets out there that are just very unsustainable. There are a lot of crash diets, there's a lot of programs out there. It's crazy to me because while I do still, I do see a lot of people that are like, have gone the completely opposite way where they're barely making any changes and any changes is too restrictive for them to, I still hear stories of what people pay a coach to have them do and it's like so restrictive that, it's just bonkers that that is still going on nowadays, but picking something that is sustainable. So while you may have to sacrifice a little bit and more balance will come after you've reached your weight loss goal, I'm not saying that like your diet, the sacrifices you have to make now, you probably don't have to make those same sacrifices after you reach your goal and you can incorporate more and more balance, but also a lot of the things that help you get to a weight loss goal are the things that you do need to continue doing like eating healthy, not going out to eat a ton, drinking enough water, going to bed early, going, getting activity, walking and exercise. Those are all like basic maintenance habits for people that have lost weight and kept it off. It's because They did it sustainably, and then they continue doing those things. And it's no longer sacrificial to them to do those things. It's just part of their lifestyle. And I think nowadays it's really difficult or people think that these this lifestyle of being like healthy and fit is looked at as unsustainable because of what our society is like. Our society is so lazy so, so lazy now. Nobody wants to do anything that requires minimal effort. There's fast food at every corner. Everyone goes out to eat. Like there's so, our grocery stores are filled with junk. So when it comes to not eating junk, people are like, that's so unsustainable and it's so difficult. But it it didn't used to be difficult. It's just, it is difficult now and it seems restrictive and unsustainable when because our world is just filled with junk and shit and laziness and so people view this like what a healthy lifestyle is as restrictive when really it's just living healthy and not succumbing to what the our world has shoved in our face which is laziness easy access to everything don't move off your couch. Fast food will be delivered to you in 10 minutes. Like, don't worry, we'll get you your fries and your pizza and your Big Mac. And so people have view people view healthiness as unsustainable and like restrictive when it's truly not. That's like what people with healthy blood labs, that's how they live because if you don't live that way and you succumb to what the American society is now, then you're gonna be very unhealthy and you're gonna feel like a healthy lifestyle is unsustainable. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox about that. But in terms of dieting, I don't want you to jump into like, if you don't exercise, you don't eat healthy, and you barely drink water, 75 hard is not going to work for you. You're going to feel so burnt out, or you're going to do it, but you're not going to learn anything from it. And then as soon as it's over, you're going to stop and you're going to go back to what you were doing before. So there's other diets out there, like Octavia is huge. And a lot of people, I feel like a lot of my, you guys that are listening, probably don't do Octavia. I think that that was more of like my mom's generation of people were doing a lot of Octavia, where you're like, if you have to buy the diets food, don't do it. It's not teaching you anything. This is what a lot of these diets that are very unsustainable or even damaging to your health because they starve you do is they, I would rather you track macros, which you don't have to do forever, but at least in the short term to learn how much protein is in chicken. Like is pasta a carb or is it a fat? Like when I make this meal, because my issue with intuitively eating is that a lot of people don't know how to intuitively eat and they're lacking protein especially because they don't know what their food is made up of. Like, do you actually look at anything that has a package or nutrition facts on the back? Are you actually looking at how many proteins, sugars, carbs, and fats are in something? And I'm not saying that you always have to do that, but I think it's helpful to track macros because that actually teaches you what is in the food you're eating. Like how many carbs are in an apple? Or maybe not even like how many carbs, but what is peanut butter? People always think peanut butter is this great source of protein. Peanut butter has, it's mostly a fat source, then secondary to fat, it's a carb source, and then it has trace amounts of protein don't ever think pro or don't eat peanut butter as a source of protein it should be a source of fat and carbohydrates and you're getting a few bonus points for the little bit of protein that is in it but it is not a protein food and that is where i think that tracking macros can be helpful for a little bit of time to actually like measure out your food and see okay this meal of beef stew has it's got mostly protein but it has a good amount of carbs and a little bit of fat in it too So then when you're not tracking macros, you can know when you're going to the grocery store, okay, my plate needs to have a protein, a carb, a fat, and a fiber. I know what foods have each of those macronutrients so that you can be a healthy individual and not have any deficiencies and make sure you're eating enough of each macronutrient that you need. So a lot of these diets that they score your food in like, if it fits in this container, a purple container is healthy but you can only have one green container per day or per week or if your food is this many points you can have it but if it's this many points you can't have it and then you start thinking of food in points but you have actually no clue what is in the food that you're eating or it says this is a green food but this is a yellow food and this is a red food but why Is it actually bad, or like, do they just not like a banana because it has too many carbs? But like, it's different carbs than fruit snacks, and it has fiber in it and a lot of good nutritional value for you. Do you see what I'm saying? A lot of these diets that they have you. Essentially it's the same thing as counting macros, but it's not teaching you what is in your food. They've pre-selected what are good macros for you and what's not, even though they don't know anything about you, and then they just tell you, this is like a point system or this is a color system and you don't actually learn anything about the nutrition that you're eating that can serve you when you're not on this diet later in life to build a balanced, healthy meal just to be healthy, not even for weight loss, but just to be healthy. And I think a lot of those diets can cause then disordered eating because then it's stuck in your head the rest of your life that a banana is a red food and you should only have one banana every three days because it has too many carbs when a banana is actually very healthy, right? So I don't want you to decide that you're going to do these crazy diets or you're going to slash your calories or you're going to do a million different things all at max capacity to reach your goal because you're going to burn out and you're going to fall off so i want you to take some of the advice that i've given in today's podcast episode where you need to set your outcome goal but then break down what are the behavior goals that you're going to do to get that outcome? And then where should you start with those behavior goals? If it's drinking more water, okay, where are you at now? Can we add a little bit and then work up our way and then increase your habit stacking and how you're going to get those new habits into your daily life so it doesn't feel like you have a long list of 10 different things you have to do that you weren't doing before. I do really hope that this episode helps you If you're looking for some help this year, you have a goal, but you're like, man, I can do all of this, but it sounds really intimidating, it seems really daunting, or, you don't keep yourself very accountable and you let yourself slide a lot or you're maybe you are tracking your food but you only track it on days you're perfect and the days that you aren't perfect you're like oh that day doesn't count and you've been doing that for two years now and you're not seeing any results or maybe your husband's been your accountability partner let me tell you husbands are the worst accountability partners there ever were they think they know everything that they don't about the female body or they're gonna let it slide, or when you're on a diet, they're gonna tell you, you wanna go get pizza four nights a week because they can eat it and don't gain a pound. So husbands are not great accountability partners. But if you're somebody that you're, you're a little overwhelmed with all of this stuff, but this is the year you feel ready but you just don't know exactly what to do, I do have six open spots on my coaching roster this month. I have two different programs available. I have my four-month commitment program, where we have check-ins once a month. Um, And then I have my six-month coaching program available where we have a check-in every single week to keep you very much accountable. So I have slots available for each, six slots, Total between the two. So if you want to talk about this more, you don't have to. You can either DM me to sign up right away um, on Instagram or in the show notes. I do have my consult call link. A consult call is only $25, and we will chit chat for 45 minutes over Zoom about what are your goals? What are you doing? You'll get free, well, you pay twenty five dollars, so it's not necessarily free, but you will get get advice from me on this call. It's not strictly you just telling me what's going on and me saying here is my coaching package. Um, I do give a lot of advice and a lot of help for things that you should do on your own um, through these calls, but it we will then talk about coaching, um, and see if one of these coaching spots is available or is a good option for you. So. Let me know if you have any questions on Instagram or um, sign up for a consult call. In the using the link in the show notes. Next week, we're going to be talking more about properly tracking macros to lose weight. So come back next week, get your notepads ready to write down some questions. Um, And if you find my podcast helpful, please rate five stars. I'm trying to grow this little podcast this year and ratings really do help me rank up and get more eyes on the podcast. I took about a three-month break when my life was in shambles over the summer. And when I came back, my listenership has decreased by 50%. So I'm trying to get back to where I was before my three-month hiatus last summer um, and then grow beyond that. So I love you all so much and I will see you next week.